I've been parking on Psalm 145. So, and I really think there's a, a really neat application even to our prayer meeting here and even to this historical mark of September 23rd. So Psalm 145 verse 1 says, I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day I will bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. I I just really, the the psalmist kind of, he goes from forever and ever to forever and ever, and right in between it, he puts every day. So, uh, yes, we'll be praising the Lord forever and ever, but today we can praise the Lord. Okay, Today we can bless him. In fact, he's purposefully saying, I'm going to do it today. And no matter if it's a difficult day, um, I talked to a young lady yesterday who's in real estate. And, uh, you know, sometimes the, the market is good. Sometimes the market is not. Often the market is is just a slugfest. But, um, um, but every day, every day will I bless thee. I think that's a very positive look, even in the face of um, opposition. Verse three, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. If we could, if we could figure out the greatness of the God of our God, he wouldn't be much of a God. So uh, his greatness is unsearchable. But then look at this fourth verse: One generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. Now. It may be that this is talking about parental responsibility to teach children. That would be an application. But I'm even thinking of what we can learn from the 1857 generation and what we can learn today, what they would pass down to us. Um, Most historians will agree that there, as a result of the 1857 to 1859 revival, prayer meeting revival, um, about one million people came to know Jesus Christ as Savior as a result of those two years. The U.S. population during that time was only about 27 million. So I'm in a city right now of eight and a half million. So just think of the the ramifications of, of the generational impact of one million people out of 27 million people coming to know Christ as Savior. Uh, one generation shall praise thy, I, I'll guarantee you, well, at least it sure seems like it would be possible that there was a lot of talk going on in this country, and especially in the either eastern part of the U.S., one million people coming to know Christ in the scope of about two years. Um, one generation shall praise thy works to another. We're still talking about it and shall declare thy mighty acts. I trusted Christ. It changed. He changed my life, and he can change your life, could be what was said, even from one generation to another. He will declare thy mighty acts. Verse 5, I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty. This is beautiful language. And of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts. And I will declare thy greatness. Then, last verse we'll look at today, verse 7. They shall abundantly utter 
the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. Abundantly utter. (laughs) So the psalmist just didn't say um, they shall talk about it or even use, they shall utter words abundantly. They, They won't be able to keep quiet because of what God has done. It will be, I mean, I sat in the barber chair yesterday. I don't know if you can tell, but I sat in the, in the barber chair yesterday and this barber, has just gone through surgery. They removed a part of his abdomen, and um, he's not necessarily, um, he's not a, I would say, he's not a high-energy kind of guy. But yesterday, this, <laughs> I think whatever they took out, they replaced with a 12-volt battery. I mean, they he was nonstop talking, and he was saying, God brought me through this. God brought me through this. Rick, thanks for praying. Dwight, thanks for praying. All yeah. And, um, and I thought this guy is abundantly uttering. <laughs> uh, they shall and anyway, and we can do that about the Lord. Okay, we can do that. What what is God doing in your life that you can abundantly utter about the memory of thy great goodness, and shall sing of thy righteousness? And I got thinking about um, was it John Acts four when Peter and John were detained. And for preaching, they were told to be quiet. And they said, we can't keep quiet. The things that we've seen and heard are so impo- are so powerful, we can't keep quiet. We're not going to keep quiet. Abundantly uttering. So, um, and it's, there's uh, great goodness. And uh, there's not just, not just a little bit of goodness. This is great goodness. This is supernatural goodness. And uh, when God... When maybe they're talking about when God stopped everything in my life, when God stopped, I can't help but tell you what happened when God broke into New York City in 1850. I mean, people that were there, we can't stop talking about it. All eyes turned to God. Maybe there were there were hostile people and critical people. All eyes turned to God. Everything stopped and turned to these prayer meetings. Um. And I'm in the auditorium, and people are going to start coming in here because there's a service here in a little bit. So we may, I may need to move. But, um, but think about what what went on. Even this word, this "I shall sing of thy righteousness." Tell you what, when truth, when error is replaced by truth, it brings a song. Bible says a new song has, has God has put in my heart. Uh, great goodness when i come from darkness to light from self-righteousness to christ righteousness um i shall sing of thy righteousness so um i think there's lots that we can learn from obviously the generation of the psalmist we can learn a lot from a generation of revival history and we can pray that god would do it again god would you intercept our culture would you interrupt our culture would you turn all eyes to yourself? And may it be that even people come and sing of your righteousness because of what you've done in their hearts. So um, this man, Jeremiah Lamphere, just a, just a guy. I mean, just a just a humble attempt. Just want to make a difference. Born south of Albany, New York, moved to Manhattan to be part of the um mercantile business, mercantile, merc, merc, the fabric business, uh, building things. And um, 
he was part of a another church other than the church that he was praying in, but he became a lay evangelist. He just stood on the street corners and preached. And so this North Dutch Reformed Church at William and Fulton wanted to hire a lay evangelist to help with the immigrant um, population, reach them for Christ. So they hired this guy because he was already doing it. Um, he said, well, I'm going to start a prayer meeting. Basically, he he handed out invitations to church, and it wasn't effective. People weren't coming. So then he said, let's invite people to pray. And so on that September 23rd day, he opened up the doors at noon, went upstairs to the third floor, got down on his knees, nobody there. Nobody joined him for 30 minutes, and then one person joined him. Didn't even say a word, just came in, knelt down next to him, and prayed. Um, and then by the end of the hour, there are six people there. Part of the rules of the prayer meeting was that you, um, they would sing, they would give a devotion, they would pray. And if you prayed too long, they'd ring a bell. <laughs> There's a Zoom feature we maybe could have. But uh, if you prayed too long, they rang a bell. This is for everybody to pray. Um, so... It was uh, at at the end of uh, a few months. I mean, they went they went for a few weeks, and then they every week, and then they went to every day at noon. And by the end of a few months, ten thousand people a day were praying in New York City. Um, I think we can rejoice in what God did. We can pray for God to do it again. Um, one maybe quick comment is that there was something that helped out the prayer meeting. And that was, so it started in September 23rd, October 15th. There was a financial crisis in New York city, the economy, the, the bottom fell out of the economy and people were losing jobs and losing fortunes. You know what they started doing? Praying. And the, and the prayer meeting exploded um, on October 18th. So um, we can, we can be praying that God would use, cultural things to drive people to himself. Um, obviously, God's people praying. I'm glad that Jeremiah Lampier didn't give up when he was the only guy praying. And may we not give up because we're on day 900 plus days of praying. Um, but let me go back up to this final verse and um, we'll, then we'll be done. Um, they shall abundantly utter the memory of, of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness.